0: being in this cycle. And I just wanted to get out of it and then help others do the same and get out and break free from that cycle.
1: Diversity and inclusion can be touchy. It can be overcomplicated and sometimes very nuanced and hard to get to grips with. And that's everything we hope this podcast won't be. Welcome to the Digest from Diversity, where we take a frank, direct look at the stories of global allies, activists, and advocates of D&I understanding their journey and motivations to make the world a more diverse and inclusive place to be, as well as the ways in which they're currently doing just that. My name's Helen Maguire, and I've been active in the D&I space for many years. I'm the co-founder of Diversely, which is a tech platform that helps businesses achieve better diversity. And I can't promise we'll get everything right or cover every angle on this podcast. But what I can promise is that we'll learn together ways to make better approaches to this sometimes tricky and deep topic. In this episode of The Digest, we're gonna to speak to Shana Guttrell, who's had a very unique entrepreneurial journey and is now revolutionizing the d space. Shana is a three-time founder, public speaker, and radio DJ who's received several prestigious awards. She's been on a quest to build a world where everyone can feel at home at work, which is something I can completely relate to, and also secure in their own skin, something she's struggled with for years. So welcome Shana to The Digest, let's get started.
0: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. i to honestly smiling at that little bio that you read out. So nice.
1: <laughs> well, it's all true. So, you know, it's uh, your doing, not ours. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah,
0: I'm really, really grateful to be here.
1: Yeah, no trouble at all. It's amazing to speak to you. And um, I suppose I just wanted to kick off by saying a huge congratulations on your, uh, your radio show with BBC Asian Network. It's something you and I have in common, actually, because I, I worked at BBC Asian Network for a couple of years.
0: Oh I love that. Yes, yeah, it's always been <laughs> something that I've wanted to do. It's a been a goal. And you know when you didn't quite realize it would happen so quickly. And so it, there was definitely that imposter syndrome being like should I be here? Is it is it right for me and I'm I've just kind of thrown myself into it, which I'm really really excited to do and kind of get out there, put my name out there and actually help others through the show as well. Yeah, tell us a bit about the show. Yeah, it's all about self-discovery and actually many people that listen are kind of British Asians they've mostly been called kind of an Oreo a coconut where you're kind of brown on the outside white on the inside on the inside so you've kind of been living this bit of this double life and you've been navigating kind of your British Indian or British Asian identity so it's exploring that and and throughout the years actually how you've grown to be yourself and actually being comfortable um with your identity and who you are. So really about spotlighting others, really about spotlighting and sharing those tips to getting there quickly because for me it was something that I did spend a long time actually understanding who I was. And it got to the point where I was just burnt out that emotional tax of kind of understanding who I was and masking who I was for so long that I just couldn't I just wasn't myself. And it got to the point where I was like, I need to be myself. And I want others to be themselves. And so it's about that journey and kind of sharing your, like a letter to yourself and very wholesome and inspiring. Because I want someone to listen and be like, oh, that's me. Like, I really am kind of embarrassed of who I am. I don't want to be that anymore and learn how to do that as they go along.
1: I mean, you don't get a show like this overnight. I know having worked in radio for kind of 10, 12 years that um, it's actually... Uh, you know a, a pretty amazing feat to be given your own show um on, on any kind of radio network but particularly on the BBC so I know that this success would not have come easily so walk me back a little bit to that point at which you you felt uncomfortable you know what age was this Where where were you what what was the situation there
0: you know what it's been a long time like I think I've always been the kind of token Asian in every kind of group setting I remember, so growing up in kind of the leafy suburbs of Essex like was where I grew up and went to a school where i was there was only a few people of color, so it was very much my my friendship group token Asian, and also then subsequently kind of like in workspaces also kind of token, especially like on your floor and your even kind of sector so I became to be honest quite numb to it I always was just masking who I who I was and it was only really in the past couple of years I've had that self-reflection and self-discovery and realized like I can't do this anymore I can't mask my identity any longer and there was only so many years that I could uh, kind of fake it um so I was kind of exhausted like that emotional tax that it has on you it kind of really really builds up and I was experiencing kind of discrimination in the workplace that I've had before. I've had like these weekly microaggressions and I didn't know actually how to name it, like a microaggression itself. I didn't even know it was called that. So it just led to this kind of cycle of covering identity even more, because why should I be my true self when I'm experiencing this discrim- discrimination when I try to? So it just led to masking myself even more. Um, and so I just wanted to change that. And that, that has been a long time coming of, constantly being in this cycle and I just wanted to get out of it and then help others do the same and get out and break free from that cycle.
1: I love that yeah I mean um, I think we've all been in a place regardless of our kind of heritage or or, you know whatever we might look like or identify as when you're at work and you just think oh this just isn't me you know.
0: Exactly and you don't want to feel like you're just numb to being a token and oh, no one else looks like you. That's normal. And even like when you look like when I was younger, looking to kind of the media in general, like it was normal for me never to see anyone that looked like me yeah. on the TV, unless it was actually quite tokenized. Like yeah. one thing I remember really, really, really vividly, like growing up, rom coms huge, absolutely loved a rom com and um Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> yeah, with. Really me. Sure with that but that film when i actually reflected on it later there's an a- south asian in it who's a main, one of the main four but she actually ends up with the nerdiest guy in school whereas the white the the white girls mm. within it do really really well in terms of success of love and it's really interesting even showing that because i was like even when there is representation it's still so ingrained in bias and it really shows you that that what the South Asian actually doesn't even get that happy ending and that's what we have to kind of look up to and it's actually really sad looking back of how we could that's our only inspiration is that South Asian that ended up with the nerdiest guy in school.
1: (laughs) It is is bizarre when you think about it and as a kind of white you know we grew up not too far from each other I imagine back in the UK Mm. and as a sort of white person I remember when those Asian. And just to clarify, you know, to people I guess who are not from the UK, I mean your heritage is uh well tell me actually. I don't I don't want to guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm British Punjabi. Yeah, uh, okay. So my yeah, my family born um mums from mums was born in England but from India. Yeah. And dad was born in India. Um, so dad came over as an immigrant. Um, so yeah, I have kind of different areas of India. Um, in terms of where they're from, but yeah, I'm British Punjabi. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you know, some people Asian can mean you know, I don't know, Chinese or that mm-hmm. Southeast Asian or whatever. And yeah, I sometimes get confused with that as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, looking looking at you, um, that that's what I would have said, I suppose. Um, and it, it, I remember, you know, on the TV when I was growing up when people who looks like you, who I knew, you know, I'm from Coventry, right? It's down the road from Birmingham. I mean, I grew up with a ton of Asian people. Um, It was just part of my normal kind of day to day. Um, And then suddenly you're kind of like, oh, now they're on the TV. And it it, it was a kind of weird shift because you're right. You didn't really see anyone apart from sort of the, you know, the the pinned up kind of British person or American Mm -hmm. person, white person really being represented.
0: I think as well though we've we've seen a lot of change now like the fact that there are there's so much representation in the media like magazines yeah even like on the front cover you can see someone that looks like you and it is changing which is amazing like there's no denying this there is a way to go like it's never like a done it's done kind of thing yeah. um but it is amazing now to even look and see for this generation that they can see their role models and actually be inspired by people that actually look like them. And, and And
1: what did you feel specifically that was that was difficult or uncomfortable for you in terms of I'm not being myself what bit of yourself were you not being let's say in that workplace environment?
0: Yeah I think it was identity of like I think number one it was not being seen and actually my needs being catered to So a big part of kind of the working life is around your emotional intelligence and understanding, being empathetic towards people's experiences and actually actively listening, being able to understand what people are going through, notice and support them. So there really was that lack um, of that emotional intelligence in the workplace that I experienced and that many other um, women, people of colour, different marginalised backgrounds of experience. And I just never felt supported. Like I even had a conversation with, Um, HR around uh, microaggressions for example and I said look I'm experiencing these microaggressions I've been documenting them I don't know what to do can you help me and they said oh why don't you speak to the internal kind of diversity and inclusion network Um, the head can help you Mm. and I said that's me though (laughs) I was (laughs) like so you want me to just help myself I was like that just doesn't work like the fact that they couldn't give me the support there and I was just like that is just not right that that system is broken and that that we're seeing, like, okay, a move towards diversity within the workplace, but they're not being able to cater towards creating an inclusive environment. So that's why I founded Lila, and it was very much born out of that kind of frustration of saying, okay, we need to do something about this, because especially in the last past couple of years with COVID, we've seen actually that great resignation, the final straw for a lot of people. They're moving, like... I think I worked it out and it was like 73 people are moving per minute which is just like getting your head around that that many people are moving because of they they're feeling burnt out they can't thrive they can't belong and they just had enough and it wasn't just it it totally showed because I I left as well um my my full-time job and it just showed that it wasn't just me that we're all feeling feeling this we have to change it
1: yeah. And, and when, so, so you mentioned that you were, you know, what, what industry are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, so I was in um, FMCG industry, so yeah. the beverage industry, but yeah. my kind of journey has been quite squiggly. <laughs> um, it's definitely been quite up and down. So I started within, uh, studied the law degree at university and um, quickly realized it, it just wasn't for me um I had no idea kind of going into it what I wanted to do but it yeah. felt like kind of this safe option you know well regarded especially in self like kind of South Asian culture yeah um but it for me actually was hiding who I was it kind of goes back to that kind of masking of identity it, it felt like the right thing to do so I did it um and that's what led to this kind of like I'm a natural creative just in general like art music etc there's a lot yeah. of who I am is quite creative And what I thought is actually utilize while doing that law degree, other outlets Mm -hmm. of exploring this creative, creative side of me. So I thought, okay, why not test it with, especially with myself? I love music. I've always enjoyed DJing. I started DJing at 16. Absolutely (laughs) uh, loved it. And that became a really creative outlet for me in the evenings. So studying this law degree by day and then kind of by night, DJing underground clubs sort of shifting
1: (laughs) a bit really kind of you know in in terms of that identity and that dual aspect of it that I mean that's that's huge isn't
0: it Uh, it was it's really interesting because it was like in the day like it was like serious law and corporate law and then by night like these grabbing of headphones my USB stick jumping on the deck (laughs) so I loved it though that kind of double life of like I can't really answer what do you do anymore as well like it's such a hard thing to talk about and say I do just one thing yeah like we're so multi-dimensional we're made up of so many different layers of who we are same with diversity but also our career yeah. and so having more than one thing is completely kind of okay um and I want to share that 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 careers aren't just one you don't artist, oh, I do one this one thing no it's I've had so many things and so many failures and so many ups and downs and that's just part of the learning of self-discovery
1: yeah I love that I I, I would say the same I, I did a podcast the other day actually and was sort of explaining my career journey and it has so many weird kind of handbrake turns it's just ridiculous you know and um yeah you have to get used to not being amazing at everything when you do that or at least when you first start out <laughs> um so the DJing thing has always been something that's underlies uh you know your your grown-up life I would say um and as you mentioned, you you became really sort of dissatisfied with your day to day job and your career. And 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 you know, how did you set up the DNI network within that business? Was that something that came from you? Had you already started to think about how can we change things um, when you were in that position?
0: Yeah, that was around. It very much started actually early with a couple of us who were people of color. And we just noticed like a lack of diversity and inclusion support, like trading. Yeah. So we just very much started with a kind of weekly newsletter that went out and it just went like kind of circulated around to the employees and we were yeah. like, oh, let's make it quite fun because it's not just about sending an article. Let's add Netflix, you know, lots of different things that are going on and people really enjoyed it. And then we were like, What well, we need to do something bigger. Like we don't have an internal network here. So another South Asian, actually, we connected and we were like, let's do this. Let's let's create this. Um, and we very much because my experience has been in innovation, um, actually learning to think about challenges and how do you disrupt um, in a in a unique way. Hmm. So even with the network, we created like a short film and we it was really impactful. It was really exciting. It wasn't your kind of traditional um a network launch we were like let's throw this film out there and it really moved people and people were like wow this is really different i really want to be a part of this we wanted to really drive signups and um get people involved and into our mission and so from there that's when i really thought about okay i want to do something bigger here i think i've always found this kind of golden thread as well in previous businesses of just helping others spotlighting others and building inclusive spaces for others and I was like if I just do this in one company I just don't think that's big enough like I want to help others on a global scale and that's when Lila then was born of just testing and trialing out new things and how can I reach millions of people Um, and technology of course is the way to do it and through a tech platform and that's where I kind of thought okay let's just test this on the side and think about ways of reaching and actually creating long term behavior change, which is just it's not easy. Like it's not easy to do to actually mm. fundamentally change someone over a period of time, because it's so hard for actually at first getting them to acknowledge firstly who they are, their biases, and then change that. Uh, because some people just don't might not want to change that or be open to changing that. or yeah. spend the time. It's or, or, just, yeah. or yeah,
1: I think just acknowledge the fact that everybody does have biases and it is, it is for the most part unconscious. Sometimes it is conscious whether you like to admit that or not. Um, but it doesn't mean to say that people necessarily want to face that or do anything about it. And, and I guess this must have been a pretty scary leap for you. Did you feel that or, or did, did you were you comfortable? You know, wh- how, what did your parents say? What, what did everyone around you say when you came up with this
0: yeah.
1: crazy idea?
0: It's a good. It's a good question. A really, really good question because I've always been a, a serial side hustler. So <laughs> I think everyone kind of knows me of like having some project going on, and they're aware of that. And I think my parents actually are partly to blame because they're founders themselves. Are they? So they okay, they, no, that's interesting. I I
1: always wonder that. What, what do your parents do?
0: <laughs> uh, so they they um were like my dad was in uh, telecoms and mum um working in pharmacy and very much Brilliant. but they dropped their full-time jobs to, to run a tea business because they just love oh, tea <laughs> and so watching them do it for like years and years ago seeing that first box of tea being sold on ebay to like actually being able to you know retire early with a business they really love it's just that's been, incredible you know amazing and myself and my brother then both had multiple businesses, and I think they they know that we just got this uh, in- entrepreneurial spirit kind of within us. All. Yeah. So they've been always quite supportive, to be honest, of it. And that those side hustles have kind of been there, just testing and kind of seeing if things work out. And I think with Lila, I just took the plunge. Yeah. Um, to do it, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Got savings. Yeah. Got no risk. Like I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. Why don't we just go for it and see what happens? Give and myself time.
1: a and, yes. and I'm guessing you must have learned a heck of a lot, you know. Yes, watching your parents for sure. Um, and, and just having that having that understanding of what it takes, actually, I suppose, to to run a business and seeing the sacrifices that have to be made. But also the from your own experiences, as you say, like side hustles, even DJing, it's not hard, you know, it's 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 not easy getting gigs. I used to DJ as well. And um, oh, they're not, that. they're not just given to you, you know, it's not, it's not kind of like you just turn up with your records and crack on. Um, it, um, it's actually pretty tough to get gigs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think my entrepreneurial journey as well, as well, like just like three businesses over kind of eight, nine years, like it has all helped. I've failed so much. that <laughs> you, <learn, laughs> you learn so much. Like there's been like the unbelievable, amazing highs, but then yeah. there's also been those kind of big lows of burnout imposter syndrome feeling that glass ceiling as a female entrepreneur and it it all kind of shapes you and just realizing what to do and just keep going having that kind of relentlessness to achieve your vision and and mission and change the world and make it better
1: and did your previous businesses have as you say that kind of golden thread of of helping people um has that is that something that that defined them i mean it, you know yeah were you heading in this direction I suppose
0: I I believe so like now looking back I I guess because they were over different categories it might not feel like it but yeah so my first business was around it was around music powering women in music because I when I used to go to gigs I'd be kind of looked up and down there'd be like one time they didn't even let me in like the bouncer just kind of was like having none of it and I was like right okay this is just not not right that this is happening, so I created like physically a stage and an events program of people being like amazing, kind of female artists being able to come up on stage and get the confidence to test their career out, and so that was kind of the start. And then this second business was around actually creating inclusive spaces of bonding over food and drink, and wow. um, so it's always been around that, I guess belonging and just being that you can be yourself in a safe space yeah
1: and and bringing people in from the edges right bringing people who you know as you say were being excluded for whatever reason um bringing those people together and into a space where they yeah as you say could be themselves but also recognized
0: for that a hundred percent a hundred percent because then lie life I think is more kind of Focus on diversity and inclusion, like actually the vision, everything, but then the others actually had it around it, but yeah. they weren't the true kind of uh, business model, if that makes yes. sense.
1: Yeah, no, I completely get that. And I think also diversity and inclusion, and I always say this as well, as an industry, is something that's being created now. It wasn't around. I mean, when I first launched my first business, there was really no such thing as DNI. We didn't talk about DNI. I mean, this was kind of pre-hashtag me too and all of that stuff. Um, so it really has only been recognised. I think I think something like sixty three percent increase in people with DNI in their title on LinkedIn in the last year or so. Um, so you can see the kind of movement forward. So I totally understand why you wouldn't have related those two things together previously. But look, I mean, you know. Tell us about Lila. It sounds absolutely fascinating. I I love the concept and for people who haven't heard of it, um, would you you mind going into what it is and what it does?
0: Yeah, of course. So we are a digital learning platform and we're focused around emotional intelligence and diversity and inclusion. So we help to actually upskill yourself to become a better you. And everything that we do is Uh, gamified so thinking bite size we know that professionals are busy they don't have a lot of time in their day and so everything can kind of be learned in as quick as your favorite song like super super condensed that you can learn these behaviors uh, really really quickly and have a safe space where you can actually learn that on your own but then come together with the community and learn together so we have this kind of bigger mission of like really helping others feel confident in their own skin and that they can be themselves and actually be able to thrive and belong which has been a real struggle for myself and for many others as they've left with the great resignation so there's been a, a lot of learnings with that and kind of failings and ups and downs but we're getting more clarity every day about understanding who we are Um, But our learning platform in general just has some really amazing facilitators and speakers on there. And we've got some people from around the world sharing their stories, opening up and um, being really vulnerable, which actually then helps others foster that vulnerability and learn that empathy by seeing other people do it. Yeah, And we're we're very much about kind of doing things in a different way. Because I think with my innovation experience, I wanted to kind of be a challenger and shake up, the market so you have your kind of traditional one size fits all kind of e-learning uh competitors out there and they're doing their thing but what we want to do is actually have a personalized approach that we the the platform actually understands where you are your own journey and then tailors all of that kind of content for you because because like, it can be just so overwhelming that the diversity equity, inclusion emotional tailors so many new words and new concepts to get your head around and we want to just condense that as easily as possible and as quickly as possible, so that you can pick it up, watch it, and learn, and then collaborate with others and um, do it all build up your confidence and grow and become a better you
1: and And who's it for? Who do you generally find is is using the platform? Are you working with big businesses? Are you just working with individuals um, how How are you seeing it play out?
0: Yeah, we are a b2 b platform uh primarily at the moment we're thinking about actually moving to b2c maybe this year um mm. but it's also but we are primarily b2b we're working with brands mainly scale-ups is kind of our yeah. focus and like last year we managed to train lots of people like and dream brands really like bloom and wild too good to go and actually work with them on their kind of diversity and inclusion uh training and show them the lila way which is unique and it's very innovative in its approach of actually um sharing quite fun um, ways of gaining new behavior. So we are in, underpinned by psychology, but we're very much intertwined with innovation, which is a big part of myself. And we want to actually utilize that as a bit of a, our kind of USP and yeah. uh, unique selling point. Um, so yeah, we're, we're based with the, the B2B and we're trying to grow and focus on mainly the kind of food and drink industry, the creative industry, um, those that are open to really wanting to create a safe and inclusive space for their colleagues and employees.
1: And where does the programming come from in terms of the sort of DI and i side and the psychology side? Um, are you working with uh, with partners and, and uh, providers on on that side of things?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we can't do this alone. I think <laughs> we have to kind of partner up with got some amazing psychologists that help and data scientists that have actually just helped to produce that but it's still a constant learning journey with it of just like learning because when you're shaping behavior you also need to be really careful Mm -hmm. that that you may trigger something and just have have those kind of um support in place so we also have expert kind of life coaches there if things are triggering that we can support that um, especially like if you're talking about microaggressions, people might have experienced something negative and we need to make sure that we're there. So just making sure that that's all in place, we do have to um, really make sure that the, the framework and structure yeah. um, is there. So yeah, we work with a lot of experts in that. And also it's just really important to actually have and spotlight different diverse experts from around the world anyway. So we try and create as long-term relationships as possible wherever we can to then give them work as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a massive learning journey, isn't it? Um, diversity, actually and inclusion, because you can never tick all the diversity boxes that every single person would ever have experienced. Um, I don't think there's anybody on the planet who could. So um, there's always different perspectives. And as you say, kind of things you have to be careful of as well. And, you know, we try and be as open as possible on this podcast so that there isn't any off topic um, conversation or idea or perspective um but yeah you know it, it can certainly be tricky
0: yeah a hundred percent I think yeah we journey not a destination it's, yeah it's <laughs>
1: exactly <Sorry>. and <laughs> and so you've got Lila and uh, that seems to be going great guns and, uh, and I've seen some great things about it um in terms of let's just you know go back to the beginning in terms of where you are right now with the radio show, how did that come about? And I know there's also been some awards which you've been very modest and not mentioned, but um, talk to us about about those two pretty amazing achievements.
0: So with the, yeah, I guess with the presenting, I think that's a side of me that I always wanna, I think I I, I stopped it for a while and I think I brought it back because it's part of me Mm. and sharing my journey of self -discovery, discovery with listeners and also my South Asian identity, like that's something that I'm really focusing on now, yeah. is sharing that, embracing it, and that whether that be kind of through fruit food as well, like even documenting like my granddad's recipes, preserving those incredible family recipes and that family story about who we are and what what we've done. Yeah. And, and uh, so so that's a big part. But then also the like I kind of see it as like this business by day. Where I'm running Lila, really want to grow that, but then also training to be a VC as well to actually fund towards and help other incredible kind of female founders, people of color founders, give the money um to grow because that spec that institutionally is broken,
1: yeah, absolutely in the
0: world. And so there's that kind of business by day, and then this presenting South Asian self discovery by night, which I do want to keep and uh, really really grow, and I think as i i was honestly so humbled to be chosen to be on bbc asian network and that kind of actually really helped with the confidence because i have you know i struggle with that imposter syndrome being like oh like should i do this is this worth? do people want to hear about this but actually now i'm like people really want to do People really resonate with doing multiple things and journeying into themselves so I want to make sure that I do that without, without burning out, because as an entrepreneur, we are all kind of prone to balancing and taking on too getting much. it wrong. Taking it, yeah, yeah. Taking it too well. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think, you know, you've, you've clearly put the work in, as I said, these things do not happen overnight. You've put the work in over, you know, a number of years, both from a business perspective, a presenting perspective, a you know, music perspective. and And now I, you know, it must be, it must be pretty amazing to see it all coming together. Do you feel like
0: that? Yeah, I feel like that. Because I think when we were, when we got investment last year, I think that felt like a big milestone. And then this BBC Asian network also felt like another. It's just like slowly things are coming together. Because I find with being an entrepreneur, you're always under the hood and you're always just working, working, working. Yeah. And actually when you get something like that happen, it's so nice to feel like you're doing something. Otherwise you just are doing my new little, little things yeah. and never seeing anything actually change for a long time. So getting that, these little things that just keep you going and you're one step closer to the mission. That's, so that's it. I think that's it,
1: isn't it? it it's, it's, rec- it's getting results, I suppose. Results for all the work that you've put in because as an entrepreneur, as you rightly say, you don't get a pat on the head. You don't get a pay rise, you don't get a promotion or, or a new job and get to shout about that. It only,
0: you know, it only feels like you're getting somewhere when it works. And the failure as well. Like, we don't, <laughs> don't really talk about the failure. We're, we're like, okay, something's failed, let's try again. Keep going, keep going. 100 it, it just sticks or some. You see a little glimmer of light and you're like, oh, let's just keep going. Keep going in that direction. <laughs>
1: Yeah no I completely get it. Uh well I mean you know huge well done on on all of the progress so far and uh I guess I you know I'd like to ask well number one what's next. Um yeah answer that question first. That's quite a big question.
0: <laughs> that is a big question. It's a really big question. So my kind of word of the year is is reconnect reconnect. So for me this year it's all about reconnecting with my culture. And I really want to grow this show and continue all the things that make me happy and really have that balance of not only seeing family and giving myself time for family, but working really productively on the business, growing that and just really ensuring that the cup is filled. I just moving away from that kind of hustle culture of burnout. I've been there and I never want to get be there again. So actually like as well, like, I've been trying to channel this um basically every day. Egg, where you earn, do one thing to earn, do one thing to grow, do one thing to give. So that for me is my year of doing that every day and just having this day, this year of balance and growing, Lila, becoming a VC, and then being myself on that self South, South, South Asian self discovery.
1: Oh, easy! I mean, it sounds you make it sound <laughs> so simple. <laughs> how's how it going so far I mean you know you're setting yourself pretty pretty high bars there I've got to be honest it's a lot
0: it's a lot yeah. but I think doing a little thing every day yeah and ensuring that balance ensures that you never burn out and making sure that you don't let life run away with you I think it's just so important and looking back and being like I'm proud of what I did yeah uh, as opposed to like what hustle 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 looking up and being like oh life just run away it, it's it's gone so I really want to make sure that I am doing that and having this real balance throughout.
1: And you must, you must learn, you must learn a lot of tips and tricks and techniques and so on through Lila, I guess, through the people that you're working with on that stuff.
0: I think so, yeah. I think there's so many things that I've never felt confident about. I'm watching these incredible people be open and share their stories, and you're like, wow, like that's really like opened my eyes. It's like light bulb moments that. I want other people to have as well. And that's the goal, really, is just to open people's eyes to new perspectives and new concepts that they can be like, wow, I can actually be confident because I know that I'm not alone. So yeah, I think it is growing, constantly growing and evolving, which we all are. And helping others do that in a way that's comfortable um, is really what we want to do, but also push the boundaries because that's what we're all about, like pushing, being a challenger within an industry and having real fun with it because we are very much trying to be a creative challenger um which is makes something that makes me really happy is is being that exciting um competitor in the space
1: now, yeah that's that's part of who you are that's you know clear in your in your journey and, and do you think things have changed i mean i i'm sort of as you speak reflecting back on my childhood and my you know growing up in coventry and so on and probably i don't know maybe like 20 30% of my class was Um, British Asian I would say Um, either Sri Lankan Indian Pakistani heritage Um, and I you know I suppose they were sort of seen as, as, as a bit different or other or you know perhaps we didn't I mean I certainly had Asian friends but not as many as I have now right and they were probably second generation their parents would have had to have pretty much overachieved for them to have been in the position that, that they were in do you see that changing now you know have has things like black lives matter for example even though it's not 100% relevant um to your background has that changed things for for you and for the youth that you see coming through now
0: I personally like even having spoken to like, my parents about their experiences in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we can even talk about it so openly now and even that they have some budget or they even want to give you the time of day shows that things are changing because it wasn't necessarily like that 20, 30 years ago when they were in the workplace. And I think it was so like they've got, endured so much discrimination. And yeah, I think they've gone through it. Those lived experiences, OK, that we still see it now, but not to the extent necessarily to that extent because things are changing, even since 2020, we're seeing a lot more of evolving of, of understanding that this needs to happen. It's kind of going a, a little bit further, um, and which is great. So we're, we're moving towards the right steps. We're not there yet, but we will get there. We will get there. And people are really open to having conversations now and address things that are happening which is amazing. And that's what we want to see. And we want to continue that momentum and push it forward kind of day by day, whether that just be that tiny little step, mm. as long as it's moving forward, not backwards. I think that's what we want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously, you are the person that is is doing that in your space um, really successfully. And congratulations on everything. Um, I think it's a a phenomenal space to tackle it's so relevant to so many people or pretty much to everybody um in the UK as far as I see it but obviously around the world as well um so yeah amazing work and, and loved you, hearing honestly. about it and yeah. and thanks so much for your time and I guess final question is if you had any one piece of advice for you know a young South Asian or whatever it might be um person who who is in your position perhaps or is in your position now um what what would that be what would you say to yourself
0: it's a oh it's a great question it's a big question as well I I think it's like embracing your identity like just I've had so many experiences when I've just been embarrassed and I've kind of like laughed myself off and who I am off and I think it's just to not do that and just to embrace who you are like if you can find like-minded people that are on that journey do it with them and just go on that journey and try, learn about it learn about who you are it's so important because otherwise you'll find yourself kind of emotionally taxed later on and you'll have to do that journey anyway and I think if you can just do it go for it be yourself and be unapologetically yourself as well because that's what we're it's all about it's just being you um so I'd 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 love that for that kind of those anyone listening um who feels like they are masking their identity to just go just start just take one step um to discovering who you are And is there
1: um would you direct them is Lila relevant to direct them there is there anywhere that you would direct them
0: at this point well you definitely should listen to my show (laughs) (laughs) definitely do that because that's what we're going to be talking about um a lot uh, about that self discovery and how to do it.
1: So, BBC Asian Network, <laughs> <Famous Club.
0: laughs> tune
1: in. What what time are you on UK time? On well, Sundays, seven till nine. There we go. Tune in, everybody. Yeah, I highly <laughs> recommend BBC Asian <laughs> Network as well. And hello to anyone who's uh, who's still there when I was there. I'm sure there's a few people. Oh. We'll, we'll discuss that offline. But thank <laughs> you so much, Shanna. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Amazing. Thank you. So that was Shana and I don't know about you but I honestly felt like I could relate to so many points that she was making particularly when you're at work and trying to bring your real self it's not always easy and she's gone one step further and created a space where people can can do that within businesses and, and help businesses to understand how to create those sorts of spaces for their, their employees as well as well as all the other bits and pieces she's doing. Um, Definitely spinning a lot of plates there and very successfully. So thank you so much, Shanna, an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And uh, as you know, on this podcast, we like to speak to advocates and allies and activists in the D&I space. If you think you're one of those, we'd love to hear from you. Head over to the website, diversity.io, get in touch with us, info at diversity.io or connect with us on LinkedIn if you like. And if you like this show, We always love a good comment or a review or a rating as long as it's a five star. Um, So get busy on that and
0: I'll catch you next time. See ya.